Hello, everyone, and welcome to another Cloud Talk Whistle Cloud podcast. My name is Tom Marwood. I'm here every time, so I don't know why I say that every time. <laughs> Joined by Dave again. Hey, guys. Which which obviously means it's Microsoft related, and I'm not going to talk about the NCE. So <laughs> I've survived. I'm still here. I haven't been carried away and dumped yeah. somewhere. For You've done well. Sharing an opinion they don't like. How are you, Dave? You right? Yeah, I'm okay, actually. But, you know, it's been been nice and busy. Like you said, there's been a lot of conversation about that. Searching for positives still. But well, By the time this, this podcast is out, I think it would have been released. So That's scary, isn't it? You never know. We, we, we record these and then we can't see into the future. So this may look stupid. What a great idea the NCE was. I've got to say that now, just, just in case. Yeah, especially all those U-turns that came in last minute. Hmm. Yeah, it was great. They did the, yeah, yeah, they changed that entire... No. <laughs> <laughs> We're like breaking just, the sixth wall now. We're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about... Hmm. Shall I say something Azure-related? Because I, I guess it technically is. Yeah. It's, it's a mixed match of both, um, which is what you mentioned on the Inspire podcast yes. a few weeks back now. Windows 365. The... The elephant in the room. Yeah, it's a big elephant. <laughs> Not that I've ever met a small elephant or Neither. any elephant in a room. If um, you ever ride an elephant, don't wear shorts. All right, <laughs> they got really prickly hairs. <laughs> Is that an advice from you? Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so that's today's fact. Today's fact. Okay, so right, we'll just mm. crack on with it. <laughs> And if we need to divulge into that in more detail, we will. Uh, so we had the Inspire podcast. Yeah. We talked about Microsoft announced this lovely thing called Windows 365. So we'll go beyond the marketing and like kind of talk to our partners about everything they need to know around how they need to make informed decisions about WBD or AVD because it's 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 down to two, isn't it? Really. Mm, yeah. Um, so let's have a quick overview of what Windows 365 is first. Okay, so yeah, Windows 365 offers a personal single session desktop experience from the cloud to any device you want. And, you know, Microsoft's angle, they're looking at simplicity, security, and hybrid work being championed with this. You pay for the desktop license in conjunction with your Microsoft 365 license, and then away you go. So that kind of mirrors AVD, doesn't it, in the sense that with Azure Virtual Desktop, you have your infrastructure costs and you have your Microsoft 365 license. The same applies here. You've got your desktop cost and then you've got your, your license. The key thing to remember, though, when we're comparing them, or, or certainly one of the key things, is that Windows 365 only offers a single desktop per license. Whereas with Azure Virtual Desktop, we have that multi-session play that makes it really economical. It's also a SaaS play, so the support is pretty much all backed off to Microsoft. So in one sense, that's good, but largely for partners, that's really going to be a challenge because it's going to make it harder to wrap that up into a, into your service wrap if ultimately everything's sort of being backed off. Uh, so it might be good if you're looking at internal resource allocation and you want something transactional, but I think for the bulk of partners that, are, that we've spoken to so far, it's not really tick that box. Yeah, and, and I guess the driver from Microsoft was to make things more transactional. So Microsoft had to uh, make much of this pre-configured. So outside of the desktop spec size that you choose, and that's something we'll get into later, but other than the specs you choose, everything's sort of predefined. So that does present a number of 
limitations. I suppose so, it's potential. Sorry, yeah, go on, Tom. Yeah. Go. So would you use so Windows 365 more SMB based straight away, or unfortunately, it's yeah. Is it unfortunately, other, it gets is it the other way around? <laughs> it, it's almost like a weird mix of both where when we look at where it would fit it probably actually is for a small user base at least talking to partners but it's not as if only it was as simple as that because you end up being driven towards the enterprise product and I'll, I'll explain why later but basically then it means it's not really particularly smb friendly because of the cost per license but we probably imagine that those niche instances where it's going to be suitable are probably going to be for low user counts so i appreciate that sounds counterintuitive but I, I will explain it and yeah there's a business and enterprise version and I, and I guess we'll we'll dig into both but that's the that's the helicopter view obviously we're we're going to go down into the jungle but that's sure. the start all right let's let's touch on cows mm -hmm. and access because yeah. it's similar to AVD really there's always chat about it AVD already does the cow stuff right yeah yeah so with AVD you effectively it's baked into your microsoft 365 license so if you yeah when you purchase a microsoft 365 license you've got access to the theme park but and what you'll see here with windows 365 gosh it does get a bit confusing it does, doesn't, doesn't it, it? going between yeah. the two adores there are two different price ranges. or think of it like a qualified offer you know like they you know with crm so you do get a discounted rate if you have a device which has a perpetual windows 10 pro if it's licensed with Windows 10 Pro. And you know, when I spoke to Microsoft, I figured this ought to apply also for people that have a Microsoft 365 license, but it turns out it doesn't. So even though they, you know, that they, they have a Windows 10 operating system baked into their monthly license, they'd still have to pay full whack if they go for Windows 365 over Azure Virtual Desktop. So it's a bit odd. I, they may change that because I think when I highlighted it, there was a bit of head scratching, but as it stands, if you have Microsoft 365, say Business Premium, which a lot of our uh, partners, customers do, that gives you uh, savings. You don't have to pay for, as you say, the cowl is incorporated effectively yeah. and the access in your solution. Not the case with Windows 365. Um, so there's, there's your first limitation yeah. then. There's Yeah, there's your first one. Carry on. Yeah, so if we, if we keep going. We're not uh, here to bash it, we're just here to... No, 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 exactly. We're the... just there to signpost, exactly. Yeah. So I know earlier I was stressing that the difference between Windows 365 and AVD is that uh, Windows 365 licensing it will cater for a single user desktop, whereas AVD is multi-session. And that basically means that on AVD, you could get perhaps eight users on a single session host and you know, you're going to be looking at comparable, potentially comparable costs for one or two users in this instance. So it doesn't really matter how we spin it. It's likely to end up more expensive in that. I also mentioned earlier how Microsoft have to uh, pre-configure a lot of uh, things to make this possible, to put it on our price file, which in some respects is great. You know, you quote a desktop price, it has uh, predefined specs for your storage, for your cores and your RAM. If if it fits to the customer requirement, yeah, in some respects, that's that's really slick and smooth. But and and Microsoft were quite smart when they chose what options to give that were predefined. So they went with general use D series virtual machines, which are pretty well standardized, good for you know good for pretty much most tasks, and there are fairly well standardized storage options too. But the thing is though. A customer might need uh, a session host with a dedicated GPU for like uh, modeling or CAD work, 
cool stuff with video games, I know geography students, whatever it might be, and they literally can't use Windows 365 for that. It just wouldn't be fit for purpose because, yeah, you could go for a hefty uh, desktop. There's no problem get, giving it tons of cores and RAM, but we can't give it that that dedicated GPU. Those options might come down the road, yeah, but yeah, as it stands, that would be another limitation. And you're also paying for a desktop that you, you know, you're not really going to be, or there'd be no benefit in turning off because you have a per user monthly price. A bit like, oh, this sounds silly, but I might, my head's come up with this. We'll go with it. But, you know, business, an E3, right? If you buy an E3 license on our marketplace, it doesn't matter whether you uninstall it from your five devices or if you, you unless you cancel it, you're still paying for it. So the same would be here. Unless you cancel the desktop license, there's no benefit from snoozing it or turning it off, which I guess we have the complete opposite situation with Azure Virtual Desktop, where there's lots of opportunity to make it economical. Okay. Now, I oh, feel like, if, sorry, there's more, there's more. <laughs> if the number of desktops uh, that users need fluctuates throughout the month, then I think we can pretty much write off Windows 365 and AVD is you know, pretty much certain just on this factor alone to be more cost effective. And I think that, you know, that's something that we can apply generally with a pretty broad brush. It cost, also if cost is the primary factor in decision-making and we're not looking at the couple of use cases that I'll come to later, I think, again, AVD is probably going to be what we gravitate towards. I, I know I've seen it in some of the recent documentation. You know, you can save up to 58% by leveraging AVD's multi-session capability, which kind of marries up with what we've seen with partners, doesn't it? Yeah. So, yeah, there's a few general bits. I, I wonder if there's, yeah, that's kind of the first batch of challenges that apply to both versions but actually i've got some version specific limitations to drill into that's good that's nice of you <laughs> so um, what about connect what about connectivity okay so the yeah exactly so I'll, I'll go into that so when we look at let's take the business version first and one of the main challenges with that is that it doesn't actually connect to your existing or future Azure subscription and like resources, the, the wider estate. So that would be a big problem if people are running Sage or something and it's not web-based, it's on a local server or it's in a private data, you know, private data center that you're providing for the customer or whatever. That's not going to work. It's as black and white as that. So really it, you know, Windows 365 business could fit for people that just have SaaS-based apps all through like web access and, and basically nothing else. But I don't think it's too bold to say that isn't your typical customer. It certainly isn't our typical customer. So yeah, people doing browser-based workloads would, would get away with that probably, but I think that's going to be a, a minority. And, and I'll, there's a, a different scenario with the connect on enterprise and I'll get to that. But the other thing as well is with business, you can't resize desktops using, you have to do it directly rather than use through endpoint manager. So that's a bit of a pain. So you can't really do it with a single pane of glass approach uh, like you can with enterprise. So that's a little on business. So enterprise can connect. Sorry. You can. You've just brutalized <laughs> business. So yeah. I've, I've... <laughs> yeah. It's based, yeah, it's a bit of a tombstone RIP, really. It just isn't really suitable for almost anyone. But yeah, enterprise, you can connect, which is neat. And you can also resize desktops using Endpoint Manager. Yay, because that's what people want to use. We've spent years getting people infused and using, you know, Endpoint Manager and Autopilot and all of that for their device managing and management, management and user policy and stuff. So it makes sense that they keep using the same tools that they were. 
the, the challenge though is enterprise is going to be prohibitively expensive for a lot of people for particularly for SMB and mid-market customers. I, I was looking at, you know, I've, I've been pricing up with a few partners and they usually settle on sort of, you know, the four core 16 gig of RAM, probably 256 gigs of storage, that sort of middle ground skew. And the RRP on that is like just under 70 pounds a user. Yeah. It's a lot. So yeah, so it's a lot. <laughs> and I can already hear people going, you know, yeah, well, that's why it's called enterprise. And it's like, you know, okay, Keith, but that still means that if most customers can't afford it and therefore would turn to business that then doesn't connect to the Azure estate, it kind of leaves you in a, in a no man's land. So, but I don't want to sound overly yeah, negative. That's, yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's go the yeah. other way. Let's go the other way. So there are some niche use cases that we, we, you know, I've had a lot of calls with partners going through the pros and cons. And to be fair, some of these ideas have come from them, which has been great. And, and there was one partner where they, they're still, they, they still have that private data center play and we're looking at a customer with say six users. We're looking at a really low user count, a lot, a bulk of their workloads staying in that private data center, but they might have a requirement for desktops. It might only be six users of the organization, but the problem they then have is Citrix is too expensive for six users and the moving parts and all the the gateway broker, all the stuff we've got to put on VMs is going to be a lot, well, just a ridiculous amount of money for, for six users. Even ABD has an economy of scale. So when we're looking at, say, below 10 users, it, while it's not stupid expensive, it's also not cheap, I've got to admit. And we have the, you, you have to roll the thing out. You know, it, it, it's not simple. So I think in that scenario, Windows 365 could actually still really be quite viable if it's, you know, five, six, seven users. It doesn't matter if it's enterprise. Yeah, it's 70 pounds a pop, and that doesn't even include their 365 license. But if if this addresses the problem where you've only got seven users that need a desktop and you're going to wrap it into your your service wrap for the private, you, you get where I'm going, don't you? So that could work. Yeah, so in that scenario, we'd give those six or seven users the, the Windows 365 enterprise license, and that would actually work quite well. But I do think that once that user account creeps up above, it will depend on customer budget and what you're already giving them and how much you're charging for your support and all of that. But a 10 plus, 20 plus, 50 plus, it would, it, again, always, you know, it's hard to put a rigid number on it, but partners can you know, they can reflect on that themselves. But I think then quickly, you're going to end up looking at ABD. <laughs> okay. Disadvantages of ABD. Yes, go on. Let's. Because let's... we may as well do some because mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. it's not yeah. all one way. No, and we're not here to, yeah, we're just here to tell the truth. We're not here to, because ultimately um, we're willing to choose and, and provision either. If it, if it fits the customer use case, I mean, this week, I never thought I'd say it, but I have, I've actually sold two different Windows 365 opportunities rather than ABD for the first week in my life. I feel like I'm in a confession booth, but it fits <laughs> the customer requirements. And when we went through with the partner, it made sense. So yes, go on. Let's talk about some of the challenges with ABD. Uh, well, yeah. it's nowhere near as easy to deploy. You know, you're going to have to spend some time with our technical team, read some documentation, and it's not going to take you five minutes. So that's the first thing. Obviously, our, our team are on hand to support. And, we, you know, we've been doing a lot of Visual Virtual Desktop for the last couple of years. But even so, it's going to require some buy-in from a time perspective from the partner. And, you know, there's a fair bit to learn about the solution, whereas obviously selecting a pre-configured desktop um, 
well, yeah, a lot easier, certainly in that respect. So there's less legwork for the partner, but I do generally think it's it's largely worth the payoff because, you know, a, a year ago, there were other limitations that are gone. So I know we talked about this, our ABD session a few weeks ago, but you used to not be able to run the metadata through the UK. It had to be US-based, which was a big turnoff for a lot of people. So I would have included that here as a disadvantage, but Microsoft have addressed that. It used to be a challenge or harder to schedule snoozing and whatnot on the session host. But now you can have it where they turn on based on connect. So if Tim, Sally and John are your power users within the organization, there's only three of them, your N series session host will only turn on when they authenticate through AD. So they've addressed that problem too. So I've given you the one disadvantage and that is still a note, you know, it's something to weigh up, but it's probably my only big one is just, yeah, there's a, there's a big time commit. Um, and it takes time. Which is fine. But, you know, yeah. does it feel like you're picking a favourite child? Kinda. <laughs> but there's a clear favourite because one of them sort of, you know, the straight A student that's a great rugby player doesn't like football because they're well adjusted. Um, oh, and on, the other. On, sorry, that? sorry. Dave. <laughs> Don't upset me. <laughs> all right. Okay. So we've kind of gone through it all. It's formed a decent picture. Mm-hmm. Um, how are we bringing it together moving forwards? How are we mixing the two? Because we're not going to have, we're, we're never going to prioritize one over the other. It's more customer need, right? So, yeah. And that's it. I think there's no harm in keeping an eye on Windows 365. Uh, I think a lot of changes will probably come in the next six, yeah. 12 months. But at the moment, I I really think that, conti- you know, pressing ahead largely with ABD particularly with a supplier like us that can help you get up and running. You know, yes, there'll be need to be a, a commit from your team to develop some skills and, and ongoing investment around support and things. But uh, I think it's worth doing. And also it gives your team something to sing about because uh, you get to add that ongoing service. We can do things like environment optimization with you, whether that's more around price or performance. And and there's no room to do anything like that, like that almost that consultative approach, you know, with us working in tandem with our partners, you can't do that, a pre-configured license. So generally, at least in the medium term, I would generally, if I have to make a broad brush recommendation, I would encourage partners, particularly the ones that have already learned about AVD, I would encourage them to stick with that, but be open, keep an eye on Windows 365, and, you know, let's hope that it becomes increasingly more viable in the future. Good. Yes, that's my message. I think so. I mean, I get, oh, whoosh, I just heard that static. That's going to come up badly, but I don't know what that was. Yeah, I think I just breathed out and the, the mic just it wasn't happy. But I'm too excited. It's fine. Yeah. Another way that people can look at this, because we've talked about this has all been obviously very IT and, and functionality centric, but we can also just look at if we're looking at it strategically and you're looking at resource management within the business, if your support desk has latent capacity and you, you want them to be, you know, that they have a bit of time to be even busier, then AVD is a great thing to sink their teeth into and skill up on. But yeah, I think really that that would be another way of people thinking, look, do we want to try and sell something that's SaaS-based, transactional, where appropriate? Because there are instances where it will be. Or do we want to try and champion a, a solution with more moving parts? It gives our techie something to get involved with. It makes it easier for us as a, as a, as a partner to actually justify a healthy managed service and support charge as well. So it also depends on, you know, how much money do you want to make? <laughs> Loads is usually the answer. Good. Thanks. You're welcome.
cool. But yeah, you've got a team of nine nerds here that have done it for a couple of years and are keen to help people out with this. So uh, it's yeah. a fun conversation. So you know, that's, that's, that's the way Microsoft question. always works, right? Is they always release something that, that requires, well, usually requires some time to bed in. And they'll, they'll, they'll chop it and change it a little bit between now and, I don't know, in 12 months' time, we may say it's the best thing ever. But currently, mm-hmm. it's just making people aware that there are, there are other options and it can only do certain things, right? So. Exactly. The marketing, got to hand it to them, the marketing was so damn slick that I think it was really due diligence, wasn't it, doing something like this, just yeah. to just it's to make people aware. Standard Microsoft. They've got a very good marketing team. Yeah. <laughs> Hat tip for that. Yeah. yeah. If anyone needs some advice on how to mark, do marketing, have a little look at Microsoft. I yeah, would. go to them, not us. If you want, yeah, real world technology, <laughs> Kate. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Over the top, I think is the term. Mm. Cool. Okay. Well, thanks very much for coming along again. It's been a pleasure. It's been good. Yeah, it has uh, been. We were to anyone who wanted to recording this in September, and it's like 20 degrees outside. I don't know how it's quite happening. Yeah. Not quite used to this. But yeah, it's nearly October, isn't it? A few days. Yes, it is, David. It's nearly October. Yeah, yeah. Look at the calendar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oblivious. Like it. Yeah. Um, awesome. Okay. Well, obviously, we have a team here for any questions that they have on. David stuff. I imagine I'll speak to you again at some point. We say that every time and I tend to come yeah. back. So I, I think so. It's always a return. But yes. <laughs> cool. Thank you very much for stopping by. Pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for the chat and hope partners find it useful. 